Welcome to another exciting edition of the Sports Bras with your boys, CC and Keith. And Keith, it is what? Super Bowl weekend. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. I was so excited to say, what up? <laughs> it's Super Bowl weekend. It's kind of, it's it's exciting, but sad at the same time. Because, it is. Because I know, like... After this Sunday, there's not going to be any more football for another six months or so. Hopefully, the NBA will come through and the MLB will get done with their lockout. Oh, and the Winter Olympics, of course. I'm training for the Olympics and I need absolute concentration. Oh, speaking Wait. of the Winter Olympics, uh-huh. you ready for this? What's up? Next week, we have our correspondent, Jimbo, live in Beijing. And he will be doing a live Olympic report next week. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. That. He, he came to me and he said, hey, I want to be part of the show more often. I know that we've had our troubles, but... I, I feel like I can bring a lot to the show. I said, all right, well, what do you got in mind? He goes, well, you know, I got some, uh, I can go over to Beijing. I know some people over there. I said, wait a minute. How do you know people over there from Beijing? He goes, ah, don't worry about it. You know, typical Jimbo. So anyways, he's going over there. Uh, he it, Apparently he's a big Olympic fan. I didn't know that either. So next week. You know, why, you know why he's there? What was that? He had to have hit on the lottery at some point over the last couple of weeks for him to be able to pay to fly to Beijing. I know yeah. he knows, but I promise you that is how he got the money. Because, dude, you, you better not tell me that we're paying for this trip. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. I don't know what the Connecticut lottery is over there, but he may, he, you may be right. You may be onto something there. Uh, so let's get right into it. The big game, of course, is Sunday. Now, I want to ask you this. We've, we've already covered pretty much this, you know, who we think is going to win and everything. But I want to know, are you, number one, going to have people over? And number two, what is going to be your go-to dish during the big game? Oh, well, for starters, no. I will not have people over because I'm weird like that, man. I just Dude, enjoy... I, I love it. The privacy in my own home with, you know, not having to accommodate anybody. Just can sit in there and put my hand down my pants and eat a bowl of queso you. and watch the game, you know? That's all. Yeah. So so you're going to have so you're going to have queso? I believe so. Now, queso is a must. That's kind of a given, but I think I think if we're going wing stop this year along with it. Those fries are delicious. Absolutely. Sugared all over, man. I love Dude, them. You know what a good combo is? It's those fries and queso. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. I mean, they're <laughs> fine plain. They're fine with ketchup. Now, see, here's the issue. Okay. I don't get sent. I don't get sent to go pick up the food anymore. Uh-oh. Because by the time I get home after my eight-minute drive, usually we're missing about half the fries. I can't stop. I cannot stop on the way home. I just eat, it just eat far, them nonstop. They're so how, delicious. How far is it from your house? Eight minutes. Oh, so they're already gone. Half of them easily. And every single time, 
my wife tells me we're not going to order there no more because they always skimp us on the fries. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, uh, yeah they do. They stupid wing stop. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you though. I, I like to watch the game and, and focus on the game, and yep. and and you know, I don't, I don't mind a couple of people over, but if it's like a big house party and people are coming over, you know, I went to one like a couple of years ago, or not a couple of years ago. It was the Carolina Patriots game uh, down uh-huh. in Houston, and we went to a house party, and I. I totally didn't watch the game because everybody was there having a good time playing pool, drinking beer. And I totally missed probably one of the greatest games of uh, Super Bowl history because yeah. I was just there having a good time. And and from that day forward, I said, you know what? I got I, I got to like just watch this by myself. I'm just That's, a nerd that, like that. You're spot on. Though. That's how I am, too, though, man. I can't I can't help it. Like, I love being around people, too. Don't get me wrong. Right. But when it comes to the football game, like, I really enjoy watching the breakdown of the game. Absolutely. And do that, like you said, with 50 conversations going on. Not, so, yeah, for sure. I'm with only, you on that. Not only that, but they have lacked a little bit, but the commercials as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we'll see. Anyways, kind of yeah. So, CBS recently came out with their top – uh, what is it? 50, 56 Super Bowls. So they, so they, so they have all fifty six Super Bowls, and they narrowed it down uh, as the worst to best. So obviously, I'm not going to go through the whole entire fifty six Super Bowls, but I am right. going to do the top ten on according to CBS. Now, this is according to CBS uh, Sports.com. So at number ten, we have probably one of your favorite Super Bowls, and that will be Super Bowl forty three. Pittsburgh Steelers 27, Arizona Cardinals 23. Ton of epic games, a ton of epic plays in this game. James Harrison's wild interception for a touchdown return to end the first half. And then the, you know, uh, Larry Fitzgerald looking at himself on the scoreboard as he's scoring the touchdown, thinking it's over. And then Ben Roethlisberger to send to the end zone for the win. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a damn good Super Bowl. That was number 10, according wow. to CBS Sports. It'd be lower. Should be lower on the list. Well, I don't know how you should say it. Higher or lower? It's hard to say when you're counting these down from ten. Right. I'm, I'm saying they should be at least in the five to four range. I thought that was that was an that amazing was game, but there better be some good ones on the rest of this list. Yeah, number nine. Of course, we weren't around then, but it was the guarantee. Super Bowl three: New York Jets, Baltimore Colts. So, uh, the Jets win sixteen to seven. Uh, as we all know, Joe Namath guaranteeing the victory. Everybody laughing at him. And then, you know, he went out there and beat an aging Johnny Unitas in the Colts. 16-7. to 7. I mean, that's ballsy, dude. He did call it. I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, leave because, it to Joe Namath, you know? Yeah, because that's... back then the AFL wasn't um, taken serious. As, uh, as uh, you know, you had the Baltimore Colts who, you know, before even the Super Bowl era were winning championships with Johnny Unitas. And uh, so, I mean, it was a heavy, heavy favorite for the Colts in that game. I think it's probably still one of the biggest upsets in sports history uh, because the Colts were so favored in that game. Yeah, has to be one of the biggest upsets because, I mean, the ball is on this dude to call it, you know, straight up call it to the media like it was nothing. Like, yeah, we're going to win this game. That's impressive. Yes, sir. Yeah, and then, you know, the the debacle that that he had with Susie Colbert, that – that's in that's in a whole other story, but, <laughs> but for real number, though, that, that that's worthy. That's worthy of number nine. Yeah, number eight, 
Super Bowl 34, St. Louis Rams 23, Tennessee Titans 16. It was the beginning of the greatest show on turf, uh, led by Kurt Warner winning a Super Bowl MVP by throwing for more than 400 yards. And it looks like the Titans were going to win this game, but just a couple of inches short as Kevin Dyson stretched his arm out as far as he could and the clock stopped at zero. Ah, the late, great Steve McNair Steve almost McNair. had himself a suit call, man. Yeah. yeah, That was a great game. That was a great game. But for me, you know, that whole season with the greatest uh, show on turf with the Rams, yeah. uh, they were putting up 40 spots easy. Um, and I thought this was going to be one of those shootout games. It ended up being a very good defensive game. And in the end, uh, I think, uh, who did Kurt Warner find in the end zone? It might have been Ricky Pro. Yeah, but I think yeah, it was. I think he found him in the end zone. They put him up ahead. A, a, a and, yeah, like you said, the great, late, great Steve McNair put the Tennessee Titans down with Eddie George as a running back, too. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That was the same year that they had the miracle in uh, in Nashville against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, was it the same year? I that think was it was. Like, that was the wild card game, yeah. Oh, man. You know, man, so speaking of the Rams, just real quick, do you think Torrey Holt should have got in the Hall of Fame last night? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that because there's, there's a lot of people that deserve to be in that Hall of Fame that were snubbed last night. I agree. Uh, What's next? Let, let's move on to number seven. Uh, Super Bowl 23, the San Francisco 49ers 20, Cincinnati Bengals 16. This was the Boomer? the drive at uh, John Taylor at the end. Uh, Montana finds Taylor at the end with like six seconds left. Boomer Sison and and the Bengals just could not hold that San Francisco offense. And yeah, the Niners oh. went on to win 20 to 16. I don't know if that one's deserving of that spot, but okay, that's fine. I think, we'll, I, think, we'll I, think, I think it's up there because of the drive and and the uh, John Taylor catch at the end with you know mere yeah. seconds left. Okay, all right, uh, I'm I'm good with it. Number six, Super Bowl twenty five. We all remember this one: New York Giants twenty, Buffalo Bills nineteen. It was wide right, wide right, wide right. Scott Norwood, man. Little a little bonus point if you can guess guess who the Super Bowl MVP of that was. Ooh, was it Lawrence Taylor? No. Oh man. Uh, Get this one. No, okay. If I'm not, then throw it out there. Giants running back Otis Anderson. Oh man, I did not know that. Okay, you're right. (laughs) Number five. Super Bowl 13. Remember it like it was yesterday. Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers 35, Dallas Cowboys 31. This was the, I believe this was the Lynn Swan catch, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Next. Next. <laughs> we, we don't, don't want to talk about that one. No, mm-hmm. let's skip that one. Number four, we, all, we definitely remember this one. Super Bowl 41. Hmm. <laughs> No, no, 51. I'm sorry. Super Bowl 51. New England Patriots, 34. Atlanta Falcons, 28. The big comeback from Tommy Terrific. So many things had to happen for that comeback to to actually happen. I'm just, even to this day, I, I have a Facebook memory that popped up. And you know what my quote was from that day watching that game? What's that? 
It was halftime. And I said, all y'all out there that are counting out Tom Brady, you should wait till the end of the game before you talk trash. And sure enough, this guy came out and brought them back and won it. Made me look like a genius. Most likely I've ever had in my life. I think it was like eight. Yeah. Damn. Uh, number three, we go two years later, Super Bowl 52. Or actually a year later, Super Bowl 52. Philadelphia Eagles, 41. New England Patriots, 33. The David versus Goliath. Nick Foles led Eagles. Philly special. Somehow, yeah, Philly special. Somehow defeated Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And Tom Brady, believe it or not, had 500 yards in this game passing. Still lost. And still lost. Oh, <laughs> you know what's crazy about that? The run that the Philadelphia Eagles went on with oh, Nick yes. Foles in the playoffs. The underdog. Remember they they the bought dogs? into it. They yeah. bought into it. They got everybody on the same page, and they so went out did. and did it. He executed, though. You have to give him props. And not only that, but after that game, I did feel that Doug Peterson is going to be a good coach in the NFL. Now, he fell off a little bit, but I still think this man's a good coach. He was he was ahead of everybody else before like everyone else started uh, playing the analytics. You know, he really was more of that analytics, go for it on fourth right. down. You know, Philly special. Those, those are, man, dude. I thought I felt like he's gonna be a great coach. Well, but. yeah. And then you think about it now. You know, I would love. You know, he recently got hired by Jacksonville, and I'd mm-hmm. love to see what he can do with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But you know what he did in Philadelphia with you know Carson Wentz. Let, let's face it. Before Car- Carson Wentz got injured, he was on MVP pace. Balling. He was. He was actually really, really balling. And this was going to be his year. And then he got injured. And then everybody in Philadelphia thought, oh, there's no way we're going to do this. Nick Foles, are you kidding me? And then look what happened. It's crazy. It really is when you say it out loud. Good call. Okay, that's right. That's right on this list. Number two, Super Bowl 42. We all remember this one. New York Giants 17, New England Patriots 14. The Patriots were undefeated going into this game. And David Tyreek and Plexico Burris and Eli Dumbface Manning in the fourth quarter crushed the undefeated season. I hated I mean, this game. I, I did I, too. I, because here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here, but the Cowboys this year uh, during this run were the number one seed in the NFC. We were, I believe, 13-2, and two, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a lot of flack that we, you know, we had the uh, bye week. And Romo and Witten went to Cabo. And then Eli came in at Texas Stadium and completely tore us apart. And then went mm-hmm. on to Green Bay and frigid Lambeau Whoa, Field yeah. and beat Tom, or, uh, Brett Favre. And then went to Arizona to play yeah. the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. And won the freaking Super Bowl. I mean, right. it can't get any better than that. It's a sweet story if you're a Giants fan, for sure. Yeah, they, it, really they still haven't shut up about that. Dude, I'm pretty sure they were like at least double-digit underdogs in that Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Because, the money, yeah. dude, the money that Vegas lost that night, You, oh. I mean, probably didn't hurt them at all. But I guarantee it was big bucks because money was coming in hard. On New oh, England, yeah. if you 
if you took the Giants straight up with no points that night, say you put a thousand dollars on it, you you probably made forty k. You probably oh. made forty thousand dollars that night for real. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and like I said, the, the Patriots they were undefeated. They were a bad ass team that year. That was when Brady and Randy Moss had both broken the touchdown records. Yeah. One for passing, one for receiving. Yeah, Randy Moss was going off that year. Yeah, rejuvenated him, man. Gave him yeah. a second career, bro. He was. That was an amazing run that they went on, and I don't know, man. The curse, Miami Dolphins, just yeah. you know, it hangs over them. So, mm. and number one, Super Bowl Forty Nine, New England Patriots twenty eight, Seattle Seahawks twenty four. This was the Malcolm Butler interception at the end zone with seconds left. Hmm. This is the I'm, one that this is the the flake gate had just begun. Remember that? And it yeah. was battle of the two best teams in football. I mean, Seattle just was back in the Super Bowl the week the year before they beat up on Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Yep. And they were back and it looked like they were gonna be the dynasty team, you yep. know, of, of this era. And then one one bad call by Pete Carroll cost them yep. that Super Bowl because dude, you have the beast. Marshawn Lynch, right there at the two-yard line. High on Skittles. And you're going to pass it. I think I think he got too cute for himself on that one. I think he should have got fired that night. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that he's still the head coach there, he should have got fired <laughs> that night, dude. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. You, even, if, even if you have to run it four times in a row – you, you still have Marshawn. Yes, dude. Like, why would you throw that ball right there? It just it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, no. just the priceless moment was Richard Sherman's face. Oh, he was I, so I felt the pain through the facial expression that he made. Yeah. Like, bro. And but props to Malcolm Butler because the the film study that went into him making that play, you know for sure. That was on his list of plays to watch for if they got down there on the goal line and he jumped that quick slant and then muscled them out of there and took it. That dude, they were about to lose. That's when that's when Brady let out the girliest scream of all times. Like, yeah, yeah. And just like, and then after that, he found Malcolm Butler on the field. He's like, Malcolm, are you kidding me? <laughs> like just yeah, I, I think I'll I'll give respect to that one. I don't know if it should be number one, but it definitely is worthy of top three. Like, it has to yeah. be right. Was yeah. the rest of the game that great though, or was it just the crucial play at the end that really I sets think, it apart? It's like wow. it was. I think it was because for a long time we actually in a Super Bowl had the two best teams playing. Yeah, uh, sure. you know you always get one good team, obviously. But you never get two number ones going against each other. It, it rarely happens. This this year, perfect example. Bengals are not yeah. number one. You know, it was going to be if it, if it, if the you know if it was going to be number one versus number, it would have been Green Bay and Tennessee. Yeah, neither of them are in this Super Bowl. Yep, it's rare, dude. Just very, very rarely it's do you get very to see both one. But it's it's usually it usually ends up being a great matchup when it does happen. Yeah, it does. Well, we saw the NFL honors last night, and Aaron Rodgers once again for the second straight year 
is the NFL MVP. Surprised on that one? Oh, you think he deserves it? I think he did. I think he did. I, I mean, so. obviously, obviously, he had a bunch of nothing and turned it into, like I said, the number one team in the in the NFC. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they didn't. You know, they didn't win a playoff game. But you know, if you look at you know his stats and I mean, like I said, there's not much you can do quarterback wise in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, other so than, other than the first game of the season. He he did play a pretty flawless season. Absolutely. If you think about it, you know he's just he's just uh he's very easy about it too. The way he throws the ball, like the way that you know, it's so effortless. Yeah. It really is. It's so effortless because his arm is so strong and he fits it in the tight windows. Plus, having Devonte Adams isn't a bad addition too. You know, right? Plus, right. They, they had they had a pretty good running game to go this year as well with the two headed monster. So. I I think he deserves it. I do. Yeah, I do too. Now, uh, other awards uh, brought out the Rookies of the Year on the offensive side. It went to Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think that was much of a surprise. Yeah, very and defensive. This is definitely not a surprise. Defensive Rookie of the Year went to our very own Michael Parsons. Absolutely. I mean, I saw about halfway through the season. I felt like he was Rookie of the Year. I felt like now, he was Defensive Player of the Year. I mean. Now, here's here's where I kind of tilted my head at. Comeback player of the year. Yeah. Now, I'm a fan of Joe Burrows, and I, and, you know, he does, you know, he did make a great comeback, and he did eventually win comeback player of the year. But snubbing Dak Prescott in that one, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but if I look at the two injuries from a blind uh, spectrum of a, of a sports fan, and I see, you know, torn ACL, ankles sideways and both of them come back and play superb you look at the stats of burrows burrows had good stats but dak had better stats how are you not going to give that to dak prescott the the only reason i can think because like you said if you compare injuries i mean dak's foot was facing backwards man like you know what i mean And, and, and to come back from that is huge and yes the acl you know tear is not it still is very severe injury. I'm not trying to disregard it in any way whatsoever. It is a severe injury. I think the difference between the two, even though they vote prior to this, I think overall the man. You know what? I was gonna say. I was gonna say Joe Burrow's went deeper in the playoffs, but actually, since they vote prior to that, it, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. I and, I think, got and I think that's the only reason. And, and and don't get you know. I may I may have it completely wrong, but I think that's the only reason why Joe Burrow's won this award. Is because of where he's at right now. He's playing in the Super Bowl. But they that vote Prescott prior to get, it, That Prescott didn't win a playoff game. They vote before the playoffs. They vote at the end of the regular season. Do they? Yes. It doesn't include the playoffs. Mm, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's why, like, uh, that's why, like, Mac Jones, you know, and some of these other guys that, that were up there and won some stuff, like, they all lost in the playoffs, too. But all this is prior to it. From what I read and what I heard about it, that's what – that's what I took away from it. Also from the Cowboys, uh, Dan Quinn wins assistant coach of the year. Uh, the coach of the year goes to Mike Vabral for the Tennessee Titans. Offensive player of the year, Cooper Cooper Cup, of course. The cool one here, defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. And his brother, JJ, was up there receiving him or giving him the reward. That was a pretty cool yep. moment. That was an awesome moment, dude. You know, they, they got to put that little heartfelt stuff in there and – you know, 
I did I did notice one thing about the award show this year. They What's were that? very they were very conscious about talking about uh, racial indifference. Uh, yeah. You know uh, the animosity towards everything going on and not animosity that's not the right word you know what i'm saying but basically that they talked a lot about the lgbtq they talked a lot about uh just social injustices like they pushed that pretty hard last night during the show and you know it is what it is but mm-hmm. i don't know it was just a little bit it was a little bit odd it almost felt uh it almost felt like they were trying to make roger goodell out to be this guy that is so involved and really wants to clean up the NFL and just absolutely is, uh, you know, going to end racism by himself. You know, just that's what that's that's how they pushed it off, I think, last night on us. And I, I didn't enjoy that. Did not enjoy that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're doing yeah. your part, I think if you're doing your part, you don't necessarily have to pat yourself on the back in front of everybody and right. in front of like, the nation. Yeah. Do you see what I get? Look, look, guys! I went from from blackballing Colin Kaepernick to really supporting these guys kneeling. Like, right. you, say what? What? I changed over racism in the end zone. Yeah, look, I have don't hate <laughs> on the back of my shirt. You know, he hate me was already way ahead of those guys. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so, of course, Tom right. Tom Brady did get a, a, a award last night as well. He did get the FedEx Air Player of the Year. I mean, he did have a career high of 5,000-something yards passing. Worthy. Uh, the, the ground player of the year went to the Colts' Jonathan Taylor, obviously. Yeah. yeah. The performance play of the year was to Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal against the Detroit Lions. That was uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I like the the whole speech that he gave. I like how they. I do like one thing. The way they did their honors, you know, last night they did play some pretty sweet clips, like highlights and stuff, and put music with some of them. And yeah, I thought that was pretty neat. But Justin Tucker definitely deserved that award. That's that. He said last night that it must have been divine intervention for it to go that far, hit the crossbar, pop straight up, and go over the pole. That's I mean something something helped him a little bit, right? Now here's where we're here's where I didn't like last night. The Hall of Fame class was announced. So here's your list of Hall of Famers that are going in next year in Canton. Leroy Butler, Bryant Young, Sam Mills, Cliff Branch, Richard Seymour, Art McNally, Tony Baselli, and Dick Vermeil. Okay. All right, Dick Vermeil, I'm fine with that one. I'm, I'm uh, fine with Tony Baselli as well. Me too. Uh, Richard, Richard Sherman Seymour. or Richard, Richard Seymour? Sherman. I'm sorry. Yeah, Richard Seymour. Uh, okay, I, I I guess. Bryce that's... Young. He was he was really good at defensive uh, end for the 49ers. He deserves to be in there. I, but, I think uh, he can I, make the case for all of them. But there were some snubs in this one. And right. you said one earlier. Who'd you say? I said wait, what? What are you talking about? You said, who, said who, did, who do you think said a couple of all, uh, well I mean we talked earlier too so you talking about this morning because oh, D this was about, number one on my list but oh yeah do you oh talking about Tory Holt yes Tory Holt from the Rams yes what do you think I think he put up decent numbers I think I don't think that he was do you think Isaac Bruce or do you think uh Tory Holt I think Isaac Bruce Okay, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard enough. But, but Tory Holt is a good player. 
but D Ware, yeah. Marcus Ware definitely got snubbed last night. I thought he was first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. I, I do too. I, he'll get in. Don't he'll definitely oh, get yeah, in. That's will. not an issue. You will. But I, I do think that his numbers and his production and, and the Super Bowl on top of it, I, I do think that gave him enough to get in this time around. Absolutely. Yeah. What about yeah. uh, what about Andre Johnson? What do you think about that guy? I. Uh, I think he got snubbed as well, but it could be the same case for DeMarcus Ware. He'll eventually get in, but not yeah. right now. But Andre well, Johnson yeah. absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's is it's the Hall of Fame though. It's like not the Hall of you know pretty good. So it's you know it is it should be. I don't think Andre Johnson is. was pretty good. I think Andre. No Johnson- no 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 no. Oh no no no! That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying they let in a lot of people that are like well you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of these guys, and and, they, and and it could have been their last effort to get in, right? Mm-hmm. So I can understand why they would say, hey, DeMarcus, you're going in the hall. Hey, Andre Johnson, you're going in the hall. Don't worry. We just got to get these guys first because uh, this is their last eligibility. I don't know. That could be the case. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, I would I would completely understand if that was. But um, then, if that's the case, don't put the other guys on the ballot. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Let these let those guys these guys get their get their just dues. And you know, it's one thing to say you're a Hall of Famer. It's another thing to say that you are First a Hall ballot. of Famer, and they finally let you in ten times after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drew Pearson is a perfect example. Yeah, for How sure. How many times yeah. did it take Drew Pearson to finally every, get the Hall of Fame? Every single time that he had a chance, they he they maxed it out. I mean, if he didn't get in this last time, it was over. You know. And boy, is he showing it off everywhere he goes. Yeah, dude, <laughs> waiting for years to get in, man. I saw and him on a, I saw him on a on a report on uh, Fox Four, and he was wearing a mask. You know, and of course, the mask has the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame logo on it. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That's Drew Pearson. That is Drew Pearson. But did you hear? Did you hear this real quick? Did you hear that Deion Sanders may be losing a foot? No, I did not. What's going on with yeah. that? So apparently he's 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 getting complication from a foot surgery that he had not too long ago. Turf. Toe. And now there's talks. And now there's talks that he may lose this foot. Man, he could. I'll tell you what, man. He could. He and it could probably sense. still. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. I was gonna say it makes sense now because you know when when they did that whole recruiting thing for that you know the high school kids he was he was sitting in a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm like, what's Dion doing in a wheelchair? You know, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he had his knee scoped or something, but apparently he had this foot surgery, and now because of the complication of the foot surgery, he may lose a foot. Well, I mean, he could probably still cover better than half the guys in the league, even with one foot. But <laughs> no, nah, he's it'll, it'll be all right, man. It'll be all right if he loses a foot. You know, at least he didn't. At least he didn't lose it in his prime. You know what I mean? True. Yeah, that would be heartbreaking. But you know, be optimistic about it. Purge out there to prime time. I'm sure he needs it. We'll be uh, praying so for you, brother. Yeah. So okay, so. You know, we could be seeing the beginning of a new dynasty in the big game this Sunday. Um, I have a feeling like if 
whoever wins is going to have, you know, a very good chance of, you know, making this a, a, a annual thing. You know what I mean? Like the Rams are, are good enough. They have the enough talent that they can go to the Super Bowl for the next three straight years, just like the Chiefs. Could, possibly. And the same, the same can go with the Bengals. I mean, they can have that momentum. Uh, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, they can have that momentum just like the old 2001 Patriots. They can start, you know, this could be the beginning of a dynasty. So that brought me to my attention, and I texted you the other day. I want, uh, what would be your top five dynasty teams? And I'll, and I'll start off, or you can start off with your number five, and then I'll say my number five. I think we're going to have a very similar list. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I just because look, if I say this team that is my number five, it's probably your number one. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, I I put the Chicago Bulls as my number five. (laughs) I have no comment. (laughs) All right, all right. No, no. Tell me, tell me why they're you're they're your number five because they dominated the '90s. Yeah, but like, why were they not higher than that? Well, I don't know. They they easily could be higher. I didn't really put a lot of thought into how, like, what order they're supposed to go in because I, I was just naming five, and I wasn't going to name them one, two, three, four, five. So if that's the case, they would not be my number five. They would actually be my number two. Okay. That's so they're worthy. They're worthy of the number two spot, maybe even number one, just because the run that they had. Like my my number five would be the 2000 Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, they're on my I list too. I don't think I don't think you could have I, I, I it would have been great. It would have been great to see Jordan and the Bulls face the Lakers Kobe and Shaq in the in the 2000s. That would have been a great matchup because I wouldn't know honestly I wouldn't know who would have won. But Kobe and Shaq got it together in the 2000s. They won what three championships there? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number five. Go okay. ahead with your four. I was gonna go with my number four, the I think it was two thousand I don't know the exact years, but the New York Yan- the New York Yankees. I mean they oh, have yes. to be the nineties. The nineties, uh, when the late nineties, then they have some. Yeah, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, and then uh, I'll just put it as franchise overall. I'm not going to pinpoint a certain year. I'm just going to say okay. franchise overall because they they really, man, dominant. They they, they, they bought their team and they dominated yeah, as much as did. I hate to admit it. Yeah, they absolutely did. Absolutely did. My number five or number four is actually going to be the New England Patriots. Okay. That, that, that franchise there, that dynasty there, so to speak, I mean, six Super Bowl titles in a twenty-year span. Are you kidding me? I know. That's Pretty impressive. Ridiculous. It took it took the Steelers how long to get their fifth? You know, and the Patriots yeah. and the Patriots won it in twenty years. Won six and twenty. That's impressive, dude. Okay, I, I, I can get with that. I mean, of course, they're going to be on my list as well. I just right. have them. I have them a little further down, but. Um, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Like you said, they have five trophies. Mm-hmm. They were dominant with Terry Bradshaw. They balled out. He he won every time that they went. 
you know, like you, you have to kind of put that steel curtain in there. Right. So I, I have to put the Pittsburgh Steelers in. Now I'm putting these teams in, even though I don't care necessarily for these teams. Right. Right. Okay. So they want to make sure. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not who you like. It's like who do you think in your mind? You know, you got to give them respect. You know. Absolutely. Uh, my number three is going to be the 90-2000 New York Yankees. Okay, uh, all right. Like you said, uh, Steinbrenner bought the team. They brought in everybody that they can under the sun. But they, you know what? You can bring everybody that you can under the sun, but you still got to win. And that's what they did. Uh, yep. Roger Clemens, throwing heat. Mike Massino, uh, uh, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams. I used to love watching Bernie Williams bat. I don't know why, but I love the way that he batted. He he always took control. You, you know, you always go in there as a as a as a major league baseball player, and you think the pitcher's got you, in, you know, controlling you, right? Yeah. Not with Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams was controlling the pitcher. Bernie Williams would take ball after ball after ball, and he would hit foul ball after foul ball after foul ball until he got that right pitch. And um, so, yeah, that, that that Yankee squad. I mean, as much as I hated seeing them in the World Series. I mean, contrary to the truth, I mean they're they're they were absolutely the better team. Absolutely, man. I I mean I agree with that for sure. But all right, uh, number two. Okay, again, not teams that I care for, but I have to put this team in here because they were a big part of what I had to watch when I was growing up loving football. So, 1981 to 1994. San Francisco 49ers. Mm, wow. Okay. I got you. I don't want to. I don't want to. But you have to look at what they did with the West Coast offense. Yeah. You know, Joe Montana. Uh, and look at uh, what's God, I always forget their head coach's name. I don't know why, but uh, yes, there you go. I always forget his name for some reason. Well, had, but he was. Yeah, they had Bill Walsh, who that's what much, I'm talking uh, about. Uh, came up with the West Coast. It. Offense, and yeah. uh, then later on, George Seifer changed the game, man. Changed oh, yeah. the game. That West Coast offense oh. changed it big time. I mean, back then, back in the back in the days in the NFL, you pretty much, you know, ran the ball. Yep. You know, there weren't too many people out there throwing the ball. You know, going for three hundred yards a game. Nope. I hate to give credit, but I have to give credit. You know, like it, they right. they were dominant through that era for sure. Absolutely. My what number two is the exact opposite team, and I'm going to yeah. go with the '90s Cowboys. Yeah, uh, those two when they faced off in each other, you know, together, and, and it was just magic. I mean, the '90 let's see, the '91 '92 season is when they won Super Bowl 27 against the Bills, 52-17. I had, as a Cowboy fan, and, you know, I was I was young, but going into San Francisco to play the 49ers in candlestick, in a muddy candlestick, I had no hope of them winning that game. I really yeah. didn't. Uh, because everybody, you know, I, I'd watch, you know, even as a young kid, I would watch these reports and everybody was talking about the old catch back in the day with Dwight Clark and, you know, the Niners just having their number. And I really thought, okay, well, maybe next year. Yep. But they won. And I, I, I'll never forget the old Alvin Harper cross route 
yeah. uh, from Aikman to Harper, and he's just going all the way to the like five yard line. Finally, sliding in that mud out of bounds, and then the little screen pass to Emmett Smith to to uh, seal the victory. Yes, and then sir. Go on to to beat Buffalo fifteen to seventeen or fifty two to seventeen in the Super Bowl, and then the next year go back to back to play the Bills again. Like, do you? I don't think we we've, we've ever seen that again. We we still haven't seen that. Two teams going back to back, facing off each other in the Super Bowl. Amazing. It's amazing. Greatest years. Greatest years and, of my and, life. And remember and remember that team. Remember the 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 uh the ninety two team or ninety three team. That's when Emmett Smith held out for two weeks. Remember yeah, that? I'm, yeah. Held out at the beginning of the season. Till held they out get the beginning the of the season. He was he was out for the first two weeks. He then yeah. comes back. Not only does he win the NFL rushing title, he becomes the NFL MVP. And then he goes on to the Super Bowl and wins the MVP in that as well. Amazing year. Worth every penny that Jerry had to give him that day. And then, of course, we lose Jimmy Johnson, unfortunately. Uh, We had Barry Switzer. We did make it to the NFC Championship game against the Niners, but that's when they finally beat us again. And then 95, that next year, went on to play Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl 30, won that one. But then after that, that was it. Trash. But one of my favorite franchises, for sure, were the 90s Cowboys. That's they're my number one. number one. They're my, they're my number one. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's there what I go. put on my list. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Did I say the New England Patriots? Because I feel like I left them off my list just now for some reason. They, uh, they would technically. I know I did. If, I, it, I, look, I said the Patriots. Okay, I know. But technically, the, the New England Patriots. Honorary. They're actually no, no. They'd actually probably be number one all time if you think about it. They've been on yeah. a dominant tear. But I'm gonna stick with my Cowboys. So number one. Well, mine obviously is the whole reason I love basketball was Michael Jordan. Absolutely. So mine was definitely the '90s Bulls. I mean, I I I can't tell you how much. And, and, you know, his birthday's coming up, so we may do a special on Michael Jordan here soon. I don't know. But the thing with him is he came out of North Carolina, and he was on a shitty Bulls team. Very, very shitty. Brought him up. They got some pieces added. They got Scotty Pippen. uh, And then they went on a roll with Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright. They went on a roll, and they... They ended up winning the NBA Finals in 1990 against, or no, it was 91 against the uh, Magic Johnson and Lakers. They Mm -hmm. swept them, actually. And then from there on, they just took off like a rocket. Now, unfortunately, Jordan retired after the 93 championship. We could say retired, but honestly, (laughs) I think he took a vacay because I think he knew he was about to get busted. So... He could say that he went to go try baseball, but that's a whole different story because I think he was about to get seriously in big time trouble. And I think David Stern went up to him and said, you might want to lay low. Yeah. Just and then he comes, but then he comes back and wins three straight more. Like he, so in the nineties, three straight retires for two years, comes back, wins three straight again. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah. Dominant. 
Absolutely. Of this game. And I still, and if I was, if I was across the table from Michael Jordan, I would automatically say, you should have never went to Washington. You should have never, you should have just left it at that last shot and kept it there because your Same. legacy would have been a little bit more higher, but because he couldn't do it, he ended up going to Washington and he was a wizard for about two or three years. Yep. I mean, sounds to me like you wouldn't be across the table. Sounds like you'd be under the table. <laughs> well, I'm ready to take my pants off just for you, man. You want to come suck it? <laughs> you and your Homer. Homer love. Just think, just think of the impact. I mean, there's not... I mean, name me another athlete that has um, affected their sports as much as Michael Jordan has. I mean, you could probably throw Griffey in there, but did he really boom baseball? No, I mean, I I love Griffey. Don't get me wrong, but I think think he had an impact like Jordan did. I think it's on an individual basis when it comes to baseball players. There's no one that, there's not another athlete that overall compares to Michael Jordan when it comes to what they've done for their sport, unless you want to look at like, you know, I think Tom Brady. I mean, there's actual rules that have been changed. You know, and he he's he dominated. He dominated, dominated. Like set yeah. records that you know, you and I both know those records will never be broken, right? Oh no, no. Like there's not, I mean, there's not I a mean, chance. I mean, maybe I mean, there, there is a chance, and because the game of football is getting faster and more fast paced and more aired out, I mean, there could be a chance that those records could be broken, but it's not going to be for a good while. Plus, though, it's it's actually very quarterback friendly now. So those guys are going to be able to play longer. You know, Brady went through an era, too, where it wasn't quite what Troy went through, getting rocked on every play after the whistle. But he right. got he got hit a little bit early on in his career. But majority of it, dude, he got to stand upright. Rules were changed because of him. You can't hit the knees because it'll tear Tom Brady's knee up. You can't uh, – the tuck rule. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. – the, Everything. It's all changed because of him. So I put him in that group. He's in a very small group with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Did Speaking of Tom, did you see the 30 for 30 on the tuck rule? I did. What'd you think? I think that Tom's well aware of what happened that day. And that he knows that that's a fumble. And anybody who's watched football he, at any point in their life knows that's a fumble. Tried, he tried his best to say that it wasn't a fumble and Woodson was just yeah. staring them down with daggers and then you mm-hmm. could see that smirk on Tom Brady face on on his face when he was trying to say that it wasn't a fumble like you know he was you know but then yeah. at the end of the at, at the end of the show he does say okay maybe it was a fumble yeah exactly <laughs> I mean come on dude if you've ever watched a football game and saw that happen you and I everyone knows that's a fumble it's kind of like when when Dez actually caught it if you've ever watched football a day in your life you know that's a catch oh yeah and what the cool thing what ESPN did with that is what if did you see that part yeah what if what, it would it, what would have happened like like Woodson and the Raiders would be a dynasty. They would win two Super Bowls in a row. John Gruden wouldn't have left to go to Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Charles Woodson would have been in the Hall of Fame big time, you know, it, 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 and, and it very well could have happened. But yep. unfortunately, because of that, you know, uh, Gruden left to go to Tampa, who won the Super Bowl next year against his former team, the Raiders, ironically enough. And uh, yeah, Raiders uh, never won a Super Bowl. 
That was a that was a damn good team. That that yep. Oakland Raider team. Yep. Yeah, absolutely was. You just you never know. You never know now. And instead, Brady went on and became the goat. Now, speaking of the going back to the goat, there are talks and rumors Mm -hmm. that a team could be interested in the rights of Tom Brady. You know who that team is? Oh man, I hope it's the Packers. No, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, I think that'd be amazing if it was the Packers. Uh, I don't know, San Fran. You are correct. The San Francisco Forty Niners. Now it would it would be a perfect trade. Think about this, and, and poor Jimmy G is going to be caught in the middle of this again. So the scenario is that the Forty ers would trade Jimmy G to Tampa Bay. So Tampa would get Jimmy G, and the rights and and the rights for Tom Brady would go to San Francisco. Now because he's "Quote unquote retired," he has to obviously, you know, stick with it for at least a year. So you yeah. get Tom Brady, but you don't get him until next year. But he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to wait a year unless unless the paperwork's weren't signed. He can absolutely say, "I'm going to be a 49er next season." But if the paperwork's are signed and says that he's retired, he has to at least wait out a year. Hmm, that's interesting because I'm pretty sure Brett Favre, you know, he he but came he back. Never officially, he never so, officially signed the paper. So have you seen? Have you seen documents that show Tom Brady has signed it? Because that's, that's the key. The thing, to all nobody of it. knows. I don't think he has. He's not. He's not retiring. He's not retiring. I don't care what his tweet says, man. So as so, a competitor, he's not retiring. It makes and this makes total sense. Because Tom Brady, as a kid, loved Joe Montana and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. He's a California kid, too. So, Mm -hmm. wouldn't this be the perfect team to end his career with? I mean, I I don't see why not. I think any team in the league. We didn't even think, we didn't even put that scenario in in our podcast beforehand. I, I don't see that happening. I really don't. But if he does decide to continue to play, that's probably where he would end up. They they're Absolutely. built for him. They're they're built for Tom. Brady. They're ready they're to go now. back away. Yeah, yeah it's not, Tom Brady's away. not going to go to a team to rebuild. He's going to go to a team that's ready to go now. Yeah, you know, gotta he's not going to waste his time. Play. He's not going to waste his time however much he's got, maybe two years or whatever. He's not going to waste his time on a on a on a building team. And San Francisco is a perfect team that's ready to go now. He can. He might just do this for a few years, man. Sign one or two year deals and jump from team to team. That that oh, that year going into it have the best the best team. That's that's what I think. Maybe though. Maybe not. He might really be retiring. I'm trying to get it through it, my head, but it would be I can't fathom it. It would be very interesting. I you know I I was on the board like okay he's done. But now that, you know, you've gotten in my head about it and now I'm seeing these reports that are spinning around that could, the scenarios could happen. Maybe he does pull Brett Favre. I will be ready to take back my statement and you will at that point definitely have to tell me I am the smartest man alive because I never have bought into this idea that he's retiring. I'm just... Just as a competitor, man, 
you know how hard it is to hang it up? And we watched Brett Favre do it two or three times because it's that difficult when you've been at the top of the food chain for a while, man. It's hard go to be a normal human being. If you still have anything left in the tank, this is what he's telling himself. If you have anything left in the tank, you better continue to play because you don't want to look back five years down the road and tell yourself, ah, man, you could have played a couple more years. You don't want to live with regret. So, you're absolutely absolutely right. If you still have gas in the tank, you empty that tank. Yep. Before you retire, you empty that tank. And I mean, People keep saying he people saying he wants to spend time with his family, but I mean, I'm not trying to sound harsh by any means, but he's he hasn't spent that much time with them in the last twenty some years. What's another year? Well, let's be honest. Let's be honest. The wife is pissed. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The the first time she 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 definitely is playing a factor in this. But you know, I wouldn't be mad at him if he actually retires. I just would be disappointed that we're losing another great. And you, you know, know, and you know, and you know, it's gonna, it's gonna kill him inside. You know, it is if he sticks to the retirement. Yeah. That's why I think yeah. that it's. That's why I think he's gonna, he's gonna come back. I'm starting to lean that? towards he's gonna come back. What? One more time. What was that? I said I'm starting to lean towards that he's going to come back. Huh. <laughs> Real quick, let's get into the NBA trade deadline. Christoph Porzingis is no longer a Dallas Maverick. He goes on to Sacramento. Fuck the Mavericks. I never liked them to begin with. <laughs> and the big one was James Harden going to Philadelphia. And then Brooklyn is receiving Ben Simmons. Is this going to be a resurgent for him? I mean, it might be. It might be because, well, he's been out for a while now, so <laughs> they yeah. just were blackballing him straight from the team. So that he can't shoot, man. He just, man he's a baller, of, though. Speaking of can't shoot, the Lakers did not trade Russell Westbrook. Oh, man, people dog this guy. But I, I Russell hey, Westbrook has been one of the greatest. I've seen him this year, yes. Yeah, I, I have. He has not <laughs> performed at a high level, but – that's huh? because I think every everywhere he's played before, he has been the centerpiece. Like he has been right. the guy, the centerpiece guy. I, and now he's he's not. Well, he was when LeBron was hurt. Yeah, that's different. But he's not. Right. No, I, I think. I, it, I think, I, it think plays all, I think it's all in his head. I think. Yeah. It's, for sure. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, what happened to the dude two years ago that was putting up triple doubles like it was nothing? It's still there. It's still absolutely there. You just got to send them to a team like you know, uh, Minnesota, or you know, back to the <laughs> Wizards, or something like that. Not, right. not, not the Lakers. The <clears throat> stage is too big for them. I think you're right on that one. But uh, any, any, uh, you know, what do you think James Harden's going to do for Philly? You think that's that's they're going to be their next step in the Eastern Conference? Or I, I think, think that's going to be a backtrack. No, I think James Harden's uh, best days are behind him at this yeah. point. I, you know, I really do. I think he's kind of let his his uh, weight get a little bit, you know, on him. And I, I think I don't think he's quite the same guy he was. But you know, everybody changes. I mean, if but it doesn't, if it doesn't, it's not bad. Right? I find it funny. Remember when he? When, remember when Houston traded him to Brooklyn, right? Yeah. And everybody was dogging him and about his weight. 
And then he shows up to Brooklyn, like, lean. And, like, yep. he lost, like, freaking 15, 20 pounds. It's like, what the hell? COVID. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. If it, if it, if it hasn't worked in Brooklyn, I, I don't think it's going to work in Philadelphia, it, unfortunately. It, it, unfortunately, his style of basketball probably isn't going to work anywhere. Right. I mean, it'll be good. It'll be it'll be fun for a while. I think if you want a guy like James Harden who runs and guns and and pulls up and shoots a lot, put him give him put him with Phoenix. Put him with Phoenix. Now, you know, not not now, Phoenix, but years ago, Phoenix. Right, right. Now the Porzingis trade is that going to affect the Mavericks in any way? No. Be honest. Yeah, no, I will. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. Porzingis was playing better this season than he has since he got here. Yeah, but. The thing about Porzingis, man, is that first off, he hasn't been shooting all that great. Second, everybody always says that the best ability is availability, and he's never available. So what do we want to do? Get to the playoffs with this team that we have and then have Porzingis out for the first My series? It, for real, though. I mean, it's it. we just got rid of a problem. We just got rid I of just, a guy that, you know, I just find it very it. ironic that the day that uh, Porzingis gets trade, traded, is the day that Luca puts up 51 points with no problem. Wow. I mean, that's coincidence. Statement? No, I, I don't. Yeah, maybe. But Luca's always going to be the baller of the team. So that he can do that on any night, you know, if, if he takes that many shots. So maybe, maybe he wasn't in a statement. Maybe he was letting the world know that, you know, we don't, we don't need, we don't need Porzingis. But with all that being said, I hate the fact that they really didn't get much in the trade. Uh, yeah. they, they didn't really recoup anything that we've basically wasted over the last three years. You know what I'm saying? No, we got Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie and Bertans, or Bertans, however you want to pronounce it. Bertans, mm-hmm. he, he, can be a, he can be a good shooter. He's been cold. He's been cold, cold, cold here of late. But he well, might be able to get a little a, Maybe it's a culture change, or maybe it's a change yeah. of scenery. Yeah, Always get him a new, new practice gym, new yeah. rim. New teammates, and it can change a guy real quick. He might end up being uh, filling in for Timmy for us for a little while, you know, since Hardaway's yeah. out. So it could be big, but Dinwiddie is not a defensive guy. Jay Kidd, he definitely pushes defense on this team. So I don't know how his role will fit in there, really, but he's streaky, but man, he can get hot. He can get hot yeah. and he can score. So we'll see. Be interesting to see how these, how these players uh, work out here in Dallas. Absolutely. Uh, real quick before we wrap this up. Uh, the NBA All Star Draft. I hate this, dude. I, why can it? Why can't it just be East and West? Why is it got to be Team LeBron versus Team Durant? You're doing too much, man. You're doing way too much. So here's the starting lineup for Team LeBron. Uh, of course, you got Giannis, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, uh, DeRozan, Joka, and then LeBron James. LeBron puts himself in the starting lineup. LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> solid, solid. The reserves, the reserves are Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Devin Mitchell, Hard James Harden is in there, but Donovan uh, Mitchell. But Team Durant's uh, uh team, Kevin Durant's team, uh, Embiid, Morant, Tatum, Young, and Wiggins. See, Durant did put himself in there. Of course, he's hurt, but. <laughs> His Trust reserves. Me, he, wasn't are, hurt. If he wasn't hurt. He'd be playing. Oh, I know. I know. I just find it funny that you know LeBron gonna put himself in the 
starting he's lineup. Still, LeBron is still a force to reckon with, man. He really is. Uh, even though he's getting older, he's still a dominant player, dude. So I'm not yeah. surprised at all he put himself in there. But yeah, I, I I just don't like this whole draft thing. Like backyard, or you know, park pick them. You know, I want that guy. I want that guy. You a know, lot of people like, like it. A lot of people do. A lot of people really like the change. You know, I'm not I'm not totally against it. I think it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's tradition. You know, I like I like tradition, and I think I East, versus, I like East versus West. Yeah, and, and I would like to have don't, the don't even get me started on the slam dunk contest because I have no idea who anybody is in the slam dunk contest here recently. It's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like playing in a bowl game. You right. know, most of those guys don't want to do it. They don't want to get hurt. So you're not going to get your top dogs in a in a slam dunk contest. They're not going to blow out their knee uh, showing out for the crowd. They're just not going to do it, man. So take a look at who's all performing this year at the the slam dunk contest but the one thing i don't like about it is i don't i'm not impressed by the tricks ever since ever since blake griffin jumped over that car i felt like it's been trash it has yeah you put props you know, in that, dude. It's, corny yeah i prefer I the mean, skills I mean, the, competition. The, the best the best uh slam dunk contest uh, uh the last best slam dunk contest that i saw was the vince carter one when yeah. he just blew it out of the water yep I agree. I was like, wow, this dude. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to use any props. He didn't have to use anything. He just went up there and just Jordan esque, just made some dunks. Well, at least they do the three point competition. That is that is I, pretty I cool. I do like that. Yeah, and I do skill, like that. the skills competition is kind of cool too. The dribbling and passing, and, and I, I yeah. like all that. I'll watch that. But the the game itself is. Uh, if you're a better, take take the over. I don't care if it's three hundred. Take the over. It's gonna be like three ten <laughs> or something by halftime. Yeah, it it will for real. So take the over. Take uh, take LeBron in the in the in the West. That's my opinion. Team LeBron. Yep. I'm sure LeBron. Team, and then the LeBron will probably get the MVP. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Well, I don't know. You know what? I I don't know what the odds are on it, but I wouldn't mind taking Luca. MVP. Even though he's yeah. not the starter, I, I, he's going to play. And if I know Luca, he's he's going to put some, he's going to make some nice passes. Because last year or the year that he made it, and, and they were in the All Star game, he was making some amazing passes. Like yeah. that was more yeah, of what he focused on instead of instead of taking all the shots, you know, and being fancy. He was doing crazy passes. I like that man. So it, it, I'll watch a little bit of it. I'll watch some. Yeah. I will too, for sure. All right, so let's wrap this up uh, real quick. Last second bets. Who do you have this Sunday? All right. I suggest just parlaying the Cincinnati Bengals, but don't take the four points. Take Cincinnati money line and the over, parlay it, and you're going to love your payout. I promise. That is the lock that I have for the week. So that's, that's what I would take. Did you, get, did you get that from Tommy Locke? No, no comment. <laughs> I don't want to be associated uh, yeah. with that guy. My um, last pick. I'm going. I'm still rolling with the Bengals. I feel like. I feel like Joe Burrow. I, I feel like this is going to be his coming out party. Not that. Not that he's already had one out. You know, with the with with what he's done in yeah. the playoffs. But I, I think you. this is gonna. I think this is gonna pedestal him. And like I said, 
I would not be surprised if this starts a whole new dynasty, just like the 2001 Patriots, dude. Good. Could I'm be the saying. beginning of something great. That's why we all need to watch it this weekend because it Absolutely. really good. Absolutely. Well, all right, my friend. Well, I uh, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. You're going to go to some concert tonight and with some DJ, right? Yeah, DJ Sinker, DJ, DJ, DJ Sinker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pop the Molly. I'm sweating tonight. <laughs> yeah, be careful out there. Make sure make sure you're observing your drink at all times. Absolutely. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Absolutely, I do not want to get roofied again. <laughs> all right, my friend. We'll go have fun and uh, yeah, let's wrap this up and let's call it a show. And then we'll be back on Monday with the. Uh, recap of the Super Bowl. And it'll be our Valentine's Day special. Don't forget oh. about that. Oh. So, mm. we'll give you guys a little bit of advice on how to take care of your ladies this Valentine's Day. Oh, I like it. I like it very much. So, I think I'm going right. to invite Chip Thunderstorm in during perfect. that time as well. Perfect. 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 Alright, my friend. Alright, guys. We're going to go ahead and sign on out of here this evening. You guys have a wonderful night, and thank you all for tuning in to the Sports Bros. And never, ever forget, guys, you can't run, but you can't hide unless Hmm. Hmm. you're DeMarcus Ware in the Hall of Fame. Perfect. We'll roll with that. Sounds good to me. All right, guys. have, Have a good time at the Super Bowl. We'll be back on Monday. Talk to you guys later on. Adios.